0: Praise God. Well, we're glad to have everybody here in the house. Great crowd as always. Glad to have those in the West Venue. And, you know, I I know we have at least 200 screens watching us from around the world right now as well. I always like to assume the best that there's 10 people on each screen. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And uh, folks watching in Australia. Wait. What what time? What day is it there? (laughs) Uh, And in, uh, where else? And. New York and Oregon and uh, lots of other places. We don't know everyone, but hey, <laughs> if you type in there and tell our team, they'll, they will can let me know uh, where you are. And so, good deal. God bless you. Ready for some Word? Yes. If you brought your Bible or your Bible app, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter Five. I've been teaching a series for a number of weeks now called The Path to Promotion. And let's get back into this again. Our, our text has been these verses here in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 5. It reads, "'Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility.'" For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so if you see it pretty clear, God has given us the recipe for a better life. He's given us the recipe for an exalted, elevated, promoted life. He tells us, this is how I do this. This is who I do this for. If someone were to say, well, I've never been elevated, I've never been promoted or lifted, my life is pretty low. Well, I would have to conclude, I don't want to be come across overly judgmental, but you're probably proud. But it's a, it's a fixable condition. <laughs> it's curable, all right? We have the ability to humble ourselves. We have to do it. We have to make that choice personally, and if we will, the Lord will lift us up. He will promote us. That is his desire. It is his will for our lives that we be promoted, that we be exalted. That's what the scripture says here. Uh, We can see uh, that in the context of humility is the word submission, all right? If we ever find ourselves... uh, (laughs) failing to um, submit at the appropriate time in the appropriate context, we we should easily be able to identify pride working in our own lives. Pride does not like to be told what to do, right? You say, well, people in general don't like to be told what to do. That's because people in general have an issue with pride. (laughs) It is, and in the right context, we all have to submit somewhere at some time in different ways, and if we're never gonna do that, well, it just shows that we're not qualified for a promotion on God's terms, amen. And so, if it's ever my way or the highway, and my way's always best, and I won't listen to anybody else, if you're a musician, you might have that trouble, <laughs> right? Just saying. Some of you musicians know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Sometimes it's you always see it right, you always have the right idea about about things, and. Uh, you didn't respond very well to that, so <laughs> either you're like, "No, not me," or you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, okay, well, musicians raise their hand, and uh, yep, it's those other musicians, though. I, I, I was <laughs> I was finishing with you last week talking about how how humility um, is submission to God's word that when we allow it to be the final authority in our lives, that shows honor and respect and reverence for the Lord. That means that I submit my will, my preference, or my perspective, I submit what I think I know to the Word of God at all times. I submit to His Word. In other words, things like salvation, righteousness. If He says I am, then I should agree with Him. It's not pride in that, in that way. It's actually humility to agree with God and say, what you say about me is true. What I think about myself, even if I think I'm a nothing, that's not true, and it's pride to, lay, to, you know, to embrace that and receive that. If the Lord says I'm, I'm holy and righteous in Christ, then I should say that, and that is actually humility uh, when some might view that as, as boasting. But we're boasting in the Lord, If he says, I'm healed, and I say, no, I'm not, because I've got a symptom, I've got a condition, I've got a report, you proud thing. (laughs) Submit yourself to the Lord, humble yourself under his mighty hand, and be blessed. Sometimes we complain about the negativity of things that we're dealing with, and it is actually pride that's holding us in that condition. Then we will say, you know, I'm going to exalt the word of the Lord above my feelings above my perspective, above what I think, and Lord, if you say I am, then bless God I am period i don't even need to discuss it, don't need to think about it, you said it you're right that that in in reality, that is a life submitted to the Lord, pride though um, it sneaks in that haughty behavior that Uh, It sneaks into so many different areas of our lives. Everything from you know you can have phone pride, you know because your phone you chose the right operating system. You chose the better model than your friend, right? How many know that's true? (laughs) (laughs) You can have phone pride. You you can have school pride. You can have national pride. My kid's on the honor roll pride. You know, name brand pride. All of it goes... (laughs) It's silent in the house. All of this goes back to, you think about it with me, how, how we are superior to someone else. Our choices, our associations, who we are, it's better than somebody else. And we elevate ourselves in the middle of this. Someone might say, well, what are you talking about? Aren't you? Certainly you're you're proud to be an American. Remember, you won't find a, a scripture about good pride. You just don't find that in the scripture. That doesn't mean you're disrespectful to the country or not abundantly thankful for God blessing you to be in a place like this. But it does mean we don't inherently see ourselves as superior to everybody else. How many know you can be thankful and blessed and not think everyone else in the world is less than me? You remember Jesus is not an American. Or let's just say God the Father is not an American, right? He loves that. Jesus died for the world. In Christ, you know, we're the same. So again, don't take that as disrespect like those who, you know, play sports. Uh, that's not my intent, to just dis- disrespect our country. It is to be thankful to God, but it is to avoid feeling superior. Uh, it, it, this, can, this can manifest in, 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 in so many different, different ways, even in church. Sometimes people have church pride. So what does that look like? My church is better than your church. Or my church is the best church. <laughs> So we think, Pastor, don't you think that this church is the best church? I purpose, I choose to believe that we are one of the best ones. Yes. But I intentionally go to this place. I'm not gonna say we're the best. Who am I? I'm not qualified to make that judgment. And I don't want to think that way that we're superior to everyone else. We are one of the things God's doing, and I tell you, it's a good. We got a good thing going here. It's one of the best churches in the valley. As far as I'm concerned, one of the best churches around the world. But the best? See, then I'm better. Then I must be the best pastor in the world. Can you see the arrogance in in, in believing that? If someone were, it, it, that's what we want to avoid. Amen. I think that's something we can apply to a lot of areas in life. Instead of saying "the," just say one of. Because you're one of God's best. You're one of God's best kids. You're one of his favorites. Amen. Are you his absolute favorite? Well, (laughs) you're one of them. Amen. And many times, you know, we... Wherever we've had our life changed, we kind of tend to elevate that ministry, that, that organization, that church in our own minds. And that's not wrong to do. That's right. Okay, you're, you recognize the working of God in any place. And for you to hold it in high esteem is a godly characteristic and trait. And we ought to do that. Um, but again, uh, to say the best, no, it might be the best for you. This is the best place for me. You know, I've said many times, if I wasn't the pastor here, I would go to church here. I really believe in it that much. I'm like coming here. I like the way we do church here, as long as the other pastor didn't mess it up. <laughs> 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 but I like what God's doing here. I like the calling upon, upon this house. But, so it's the best for me, but for everyone, I, probably not. All right, let's go back into the Word. Uh, John, if you would, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 7. That's the gospel of John, left turn from from Peter's place. John, chapter 7. Notice with me over here in verse 14. John 7, 14. It reads, Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught... And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. Now I want you to think about the the possibility, the setup Jesus was given here. They're saying, He's uneducated. How does He know this stuff? How is he able to do what he's doing? He's not qualified. How can he know these things? They're teeing Jesus up to, to basically defend, to justify, to self-promote. They're setting him up to say, well, you know, I've studied when you guys weren't looking. Back when you guys were doing other things, I was paying the price. I was spending time with the Lord. I was doing business when no one, nobody else was. I might not be qualified by your standards, but I have studied, I have prepared, I have applied myself, I have been diligent to know the Lord and to know his word. But Jesus didn't say any of that. It's interesting, his response is that he pointed to the Father. He said, what I have, it's not mine. I'm not sharing you something that I got, I'm sharing you something that belongs to the Father. It's, it, it's his, it, it, it's his doctrine. The one who sent me, he gave this to me. Isn't that interesting? I mean, especially someone who's constantly criticized, Jesus was, by, by religious people. He gets the opportunity to defend himself. He doesn't take it. He just says, no, it was given to me. I didn't do anything to get this. It was, it, it was given. And we learn something about how Jesus Never took credit for himself. All the miracles he did, he never finished and, and finished them and then said, and by the way, if you'd be as spiritual as I am, if you'd do what I didn't pray like I do, then you could do this. No, he would always point back to the Father and say, it's him in me. It's, it, 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 it's the Father. It's, he's the one who does the works. When I do it, it's really him doing it in me. And Jesus constantly did that with all the amazing miracles, all the amazing teachings. He pointed to the Father as the source. He made some extreme and absolute statements about himself. Listen to these. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But whatever he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Think about that. The son himself, I can't do anything of myself. That's Jesus talking. He said that. And then in uh, chapter, same chapter, verse 30, he said, I can of myself do Nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me, okay? Again, he says, I can't can't do anything by myself, but here's the reason my judgment is right, because I'm not seeking my own glory. I'm not trying to do this of my own will. I'm not seeking my will. I'm seeking his will, and because of that, I make right judgments. You see any possibilities of increased discernment in your own life? If you seek the Lord's will, the Lord's glory, if you are looking to Him, you will be correct in your assessment of life. You will be able to, to judge right and wrong and truth and error in an accurate way when it's not for self-glorification, when it's not to win over someone else. It's not to one-up, it's not to win an argument. it's not to be better than others. You seek the will of God and you see clearly. This is what Jesus did. But again, his statements of, I can't do any of this by my own. I mean, if Jesus says that, and then we think we can, he says, I can't do anything of myself, and a lot of us think we can. Think we're confused? (laughs) He can, but he couldn't, but we can. And I think this attitude is kind of the opposite of what we see in the world today and what we see even in American Christians today of he does not seek his own will. I mean, how many of us are kind of just, we come into this thing pre-programmed to choose what we want. This is what I like, this is what I prefer, this is my preference, we do church that way. I like this and I don't like this. And, 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 and it's, everything's about us. And it's so opposite of humility. It's so opposite of the heart that seeks after God's will. It's it's, I like, I prefer, I think. And we're making our own judgments according to our own seeking of our own will and desire. And because of that, we get it wrong. And we miss the heart of God. Again, pride seeks our own glory instead of the Father's. You might say, well Jesus did talk about himself at times. And certainly he did. You know, I'm the way, the truth and the life. I am the light of the world. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. And it, Jesus made statements about himself, but even in doing so, one it's true he was God in the flesh. He's the savior. He's the Messiah. And so he did need to be made known. But you know what I I think he only said those things because the Father made him. I don't think he would have even told anyone who he was, but he had to. The Father, in fact, we do have scripture on that. Listen to this one, where he said in John 12, 49, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say, and what i should speak and i know that his commandment is everlasting life therefore whatever i speak just as the father has told me so i speak so why would even why would jesus even tell, tell everyone that he's the way the truth and the life he's submitting to the will of the father saying things about himself so there is just such a picture in the perfect model of jesus that shows a a non-self-congratulatory promotion, I am something, uh, as a way of of living, okay? He was it, but he still pointed to the Father as the source. Now, this would be our humility as well. When Jesus says here, I'm only saying what I'm saying because he gave me a command to say it. He gave me what to speak. Think about how that can apply to us with giving our own opinion about everything, with stating what we think. When we speak the word of God, we are also then elevating his will, his word, above what we can figure out, above what we see, above natural circumstances. We elevate it above our opinion and preferences, okay? Here's kind of what I mean. People will say, So, what do you think about, and then fill in the blank. So, what do you think about, and how about this as an answer? Well, what does God's word say about that? What is our default? Is it to scan our mental library and come up with an answer? Or is it immediately to reference and think, Okay, what did the Lord say about this? Is there a scripture? Is there a verse? The, the, the submitted soul, the humble heart before God is always looking to represent him instead of their own position. Well, I think, well, this is what I know instead of defaulting to, well, the word says, well, the Lord said this, well, Jesus said this. And so the, I'm gonna go ahead and go with that. Actually, what I think doesn't really matter because he addressed this directly. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I know we, we will, uh, when I've taught, and you've heard me say things like this before, when I've taught on faith and prayer, uh, I will use the illustration of uh, when someone comes to me in asking me to pray with them, for them about a situation, I'll respond, on, in some situations, I'll respond by saying, okay, you know, be happy to, uh, what verse are you standing on? What verse? And, uh, you know, what happens too often is uh, subtle confusion. (laughs) Your instance, uh, what do you mean? Oh, what Bible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much all of them. And I've heard that a number of times. Well, kind of all of them. No, that's not true. (laughs) You know, you standing on Judas hung himself. Is that the one we're going to pray right now? You're not standing on all of them. You know, or if it's a healing, they'll say, well, all the healing verses. No, that just tells me you don't know. And you don't have a firm foundation, a basis for your belief. You're relying on something, but it's not strong enough for me to be in agreement with you and pray. That make sense? A lot of times, sometimes people think that right intention is the main focus in praying. As long as I'm sincere, as long as I desire a good thing, then that's the main thing in prayer. That's not the main thing. That's important, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is the word of God. You have God's word because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You don't have God's word. You don't have faith. You don't have faith. You get zero. That's how prayer works. But we go back to this. What verse are you standing on? And so when we make decisions in life, not only when we pray, when we make choices, we make Important decisions, family, financial, future, all, all these things. Uh, the three F's right there. Uh, uh, what, what what verse? What word from God? Jesus defaulted to, I'm not here to tell you what I think. I'm here to tell you what my father gave me. And if it comes out powerful and strong, it's because he gave it to me. And if we can go there, you, you know, when Jesus was tempted well, in the wilderness, he, he, he quoted scripture and he said, you know, you know, turn this stone into bread. He said, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, we default to his word. Jesus said in John 17 when he was praying, thy word, your word is truth. It's always what did he say about? It? Truth is what makes you free. This is what puts us over the top in all situations. And so where do we get the foundation for our own beliefs where do you, where do we get what we believe is it you know is it based on experience is it based on uh, you know maybe fear do you make decisions based on guessing do you watch fake news and <laughs> make your decisions based on and i mean i mean by that 90% of the news <laughs> do you make decisions based on what you believe what you think based on what's on what's coming on tv and all that kind of stuff or are we saying, lo, what, what, what does the Lord say? What, what, what thus saith the Lord in my life? That is what makes the difference. Amen. Now, Jesus said, you're, uh, in, uh, stay, you're still in John 7, right? Jesus said in John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do Nothing, isn't, isn't that a strong statement? Here's the question: Do you believe that? I think if we were honest, a lot of times we don't believe that. We might even quote it, or even mean, having a plaque on the wall. He's the vine, and we're the branches. With he said, without me, you can do nothing. A lot of us believe, yeah. There's some things I can't do without God. There's some things I need his help with, but there's a whole lot I can just kind of do on my own. Okay, so you've just elevated your word above God's word. That's not seeking his will. That's taking credit. And I'm pretty much self-sufficient most of the time. It's just in a few occasions when I get up, you know, beyond myself that I need his help. And sometimes that belief is reflected by how and when we pray. We're good. We're good. We're good. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. I'm managing my own life. I'm I'm self-sufficient until the marriage blows up, till I lose the job, till I got a a a report of cancer, or I I get something like this. Now we need to pray. How about we back way up and say, No, without him, I can do nothing. How about this section? Without him, I can do believing that is key. Believing that is so important to living a humble, ready-to-be-promoted life instead of believing. I pretty much can handle most of this by myself. If we really do believe that, by the way, you know what it sets us up for? It compels us to abide in him. If If I really believe I can do nothing of myself, I better get I better get connected to the vine and stay connected to the vine. I better get so close to the Lord because the moment I get away from him, everything falls apart. But we stay connected to him. Now his life flows through us. Now his word comes through to us clearly. His power, his sustaining, healing power, his provision, his plan, his joy is my strength. Everything that's in God comes through the vine right into us. Now John 7, still there? We read two verses. Now look at verse 17. Verse 17. Jesus said, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Notice discernment is tied to your will. If you will to do his will, you're going to know stuff. If you will to do your own will. And by the way, don't think that you're the exception if you have trouble wanting stuff. It is a powerful force within all human beings. We want stuff. And when we get set on it, we to to crucify your own will is a monumental challenge, but necessary. Paul even stated about his own self, about his his own body, so fleshly desires. He said, I keep my body under. The Greek language implies he beats himself like a boxer. Black and blue. Boom, 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 boom. Now, he's not physically abusing his his face like that, but he said, I have to be rough with myself because if I don't keep my body down, I'm gonna end up being tossed to the garbage heap, disqualified for ministry. He said, I have to be tough with myself. If we're gonna seek the will of God above our will, it's gonna be done on purpose. We're gonna set our desires aside many times. But the result is really nice. Now you know what's right and wrong. Now the cloud leaves. Now the colored glasses leave. When you seek his will, you start seeing things more clearly. Verse 18, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is found in him. Very powerful statement here. Different translations read that he he who speaks from himself or of himself or for himself, this person seeks their own glory. If if much of our conversation is all around ourselves, we might have an issue of self-glorification. There might be a pride problem. And I know in our, in our uh, country, we don't always have the best role models going all the way up to the White House. If you think about most presidents, they're very self-congratulatory. Most politicians are. I did this. I did this. I, you can be specific if you want. I can be specific for you. Just <laughs> go back a couple of them. President Obama spoke about himself all day long, every day smoothly. President Trump spoke about his accomplishments and took credit for everything he did. Some of you don't like me for saying that. Don't put down him. No, I like him. Don't get me wrong. He did a lot of great things for the church. Very pro-Christian and church, more than any other president. But you know he still liked to take credit for everything he said, everything he did, right? I'm not saying he was a horrible person. I'm just saying don't follow him in that. Don't let him be your model in that. And the current president, I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> but that's, that's another subject. <laughs> it's a little confusing what's going on right now. <laughs> Nevertheless, Jesus said this about himself. <laughs> he who speaks of himself, for himself, from himself, seeks his own glory. And this is not something that the Father is willing to give up. Isaiah 42, eight, he, he said, I am the Lord, that is my name and my glory, I will not give to another. He's not giving it up. So when we try to take it for ourselves, yikes, we're just cutting ourselves off from, from extended grace. From increased grace. Another way to say that is basically uh, that God resists the proud. And when we seek our own glory by speaking of ourselves, for ourselves, from ourselves, declaring our word above God's word, j- just elevating our own opinions, preferences, and, and, and likes and dislikes, when we're elevating all these things above the word of God, we are cutting ourselves off from greater grace. That grace is what promotes us, is what elevates our lives. So we should sincerely seek at all times to give the Lord glory, give him the credit, amen, for every good thing that happens and default to what he has to say. You know, one of the things that Jesus did shortly, uh, just prior to his crucifixion, which was the most humbling act? You remember, Satan exalted himself and went to the lowest, and Jesus humbled himself and went to the highest. And just before Jesus did this, he gave a, he left a, a, himself as a role model for his disciples. It says in in over in John thirteen talks about this, but he he had going through his mind who he was, where he was going. Jesus was fully conscious of his position his place, who he was. He's God. He's about to be glorified King of kings and Lord of lords. And with that running through his mind, you know what he did? He got down on his knees and washed his disciples' feet. He took the role. He did what was the job of a servant or a slave. He said, I know who I am and I know where I'm going and I'm gonna serve you. He, his humility was seen both in what he didn't take credit for, his humility was also seen in what he was willing to do or what he wasn't too good to do. If we ever find ourselves thinking, I'm above that. I'm beyond that. I've already paid my dues. I don't have to do that. I'm past that behavior or that activity. It's time to step way back and say, listen, the King of kings and the Lord of lords will wash someone's feet. Who do I think I am? And Jesus said, I can't of myself do nothing, and yet I think I can do at least half. I tell you, there's an adjustment that should be made within our understanding of reality and our position with God. And if we'll make it, I tell you, what's the Lord's will? He's seeking to advance us, but he needs us to humble ourselves in order for his promotion to come through. Amen? Is there anything you could do? There's anything you could, you could think, uh, what could I do that I, I might think I'm a little bit above, and I'm just going to make myself do it just because, not to, not to prove anything to anybody, just as an act of, Lord, I know I'm not, I know you're all that, and I'm not, and, uh, and I'm going to do this just as an act of reminder to myself and making myself available to you. And go do something that's lowly, that serves somebody else, something you don't have to do, something you're not being made to do, something you choose to do. And do it with a good attitude. Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) I know feet washing isn't a big cultural thing because back in their days, they walked around in sandals and Dusty roads and people have dirty feet. I don't even have dirty feet. Do you have dirty feet? <laughs> I bathe and wear shoes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but in their culture, that was a big thing. Maybe there's something, something more culturally uh, connected that you could do. And it's you being a servant. It's you being humble and acknowledging reality. That goes a long way with the Lord. Watch his grace come upon you. And elevate your life. Amen? Let's stop there today. Father, thank you for working in us, through us, among us, around us. Father, we seek your will. May your will be done, your word be made known, your thoughts be made clear, your wisdom. Be made known to all. We yield ourselves to you today, thanking you. You're so good to us. We're so thankful. You're so good to us. You're the healer. You're our savior.